Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, this is Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, and today we have on Luis uh, Sanchez. Uh, Luis, welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Thank you very much for having me here. No, my pleasure. Now, where where are you right now? I am in uh, Colombia, okay. more specifically in Cartagena, which is uh, in the Caribbean. Okay, cool. How do you like it out there? Uh, I love it. I'm, I actually live in Bogota, in the capital, but I, okay. uh, we came from here for a few weeks. Is that is that where you're originally from? Uh no, that's here's my my wife's family. Okay, where where are you from? I'm from a town nearby Bogota. Okay, name, the name is Villa Vicencio. Say that again. That's the name is the name is uh, Villa Vicencio. A, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that, but <laughs> very very beautiful elegant name. So you are so you are a net net investor and. Yeah. Wanted to spend some time talking about net net stocks, net net investing today. I think it's a very interesting topic. We've covered it a little bit on the show. We've done a few net nets, um, but I wanted to get a bit more on it. So uh, I found you and thought it'd be great to connect. So you know, I appreciate you being on. So tell tell the listeners a little bit about you know who you are and, and your background and how you got into uh, investing in net nets. Yeah. Well. Um... My background is uh, in law. I'm a lawyer, actually, and I actually practice law, I guess, uh, half of my time. And um, um, so I studied law, and just after I graduated, I realized that I uh, was interested in business as well. Um, What What kind of lawyer are you? I'm in commercial law. Okay. Which, yep. So, um, so I ended up finding this um, master. It, it was an online master's degree in value investing, which um, in it was actually an online course uh, course in Spain. Oh wow! So I said, well, I can I can work here as a lawyer and still do this this i just i i, I got hooked, hooked immediately i i just read a few lines about investing and i said wow this makes a lot of sense so i said well i can try to study that and if i, I i'm actually good at that uh, i don't have to travel to spain i could do it online that, that was before this whole thing about online uh studying and uh, so I, I, I worked and I started value investing and I really, I really got very, very interested and started studying a lot about it. Um, and since then, I've been just uh, working as a lawyer and, and on, on the side uh, doing value investing. Uh, actually, started investing with my own money uh, around two and a half years ago. And uh, before that, I like I invested in value investing funds, but it wasn't only until I met or I found this website called NetNet Hunter, uh, which is 
run by uh, Evan, Evan Bleeker, mm -hmm. uh, where, where I actually realized that I could do some investing myself with something I felt comfortable doing, which was netnets. Ev Evan's, a, Evan's a great guy. We uh, had yeah. him on. I've had him on the show before. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So, well, uh, so I started. I I became a member and on Netnet Hunter, and uh, and I uh, started even started writing yeah. some. Yeah, I was gonna talk about that book actually. Yeah, is that's the best. Evan's Evan's book is the best book about net nets you can find it was actually. great it was a great book i loved it oh yeah it was published last month maybe or yeah, it was recent very recent very recent yeah. yeah so it was it was um like finding out about net nets i i had read about net nets also for everything. for those listening that aren't watching on youtube i i would just grab the book from my bookcase right now it's called um just gonna give a plug out to Evan because he's such yeah. a wonderful human being. Uh, it's called Net Net uh, Benjamin Graham's Net Net Stock Strategy by Evan Bleeker. Um, the best go-to person if you are serious about implementing Graham's Net Net Strategy for yourself. The secrets of Buffett style cigar butt investing. A practical guide to successful deep value investing in today's market. So, guys, you have not gotten this book. Highly, highly recommend it. Go out, buy it. Go online get it okay anyway that's right yes. yeah i was yeah i mean evan evan actually i didn't get paid to say that by the way either <laughs> so he well he he actually uh, his website uh opened my eyes because yeah i was before that i was i understood value investing but i was trying to follow i know i don't know maybe buffett yeah uh, current Current, current Warren strike. Buffett, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I started studying companies, like when I started this, I was like, well, but how do I know this is cheap? I mean, uh, I, I may find a moat here and a competitive advantage, but there's just so many analysts covering, I don't know, sure. Western Union or, uh, I don't know, very big companies uh, that I said, I mean, I don't know if it's, if I'm paying too much or too little. I don't know. It's, it's certainly it's certainly tougher when you're dealing with companies where there's more people looking at it, for sure. For sure. So, and net nets are usually companies that are very small, uh, very like micro caps, and forgotten and no analyst coverage whatsoever. Yeah. So that's where. So, so Evan actually helped me find that. Well, that's where you can actually find things yeah. that are cheap or very, very cheap. Like, uh, so I started. So, well, that's when I realized I, I wanted, I could actually invest by myself, and I, I have a portfolio of net nets basically. So, I guess that's going to my. So my strategy would be: I'm a net investor. Right, but not the hundred percent of my portfolios are not in netnets. As as much as that would be interesting to do, I still believe that I I have around sixty or seventy percent in netnets, and the rest is what I call concentrated bets. 
yeah. which uh, so trying to that would be trying to emulate um, early Buffett mm-hmm. in his partnerships. He actually had what he called generals, with, which were generally undervalued companies, mostly net nets, and then some of them uh, became very big positions for him, and he he actually wrote there that that when he had this high probability insights he just bet heavily there yeah uh that's the difference with his uh his mentor graham right graham just believed in buying hundreds of net nets and that's it yeah so yep that's my background i guess cool and you know how do you approach net net investing because everyone does it a little bit differently yeah um well Net investing, I guess there's there's two ways, two big different two big different ways to approach it. One is to be very diversified, yeah, broadly diversified, and the other one is to concentrate a lot. Right. Um, I believe Evan uh, is is a very concentrated. He's pretty concentrated. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I, I guess he mentioned he has like eight or ten, something uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. At a time. Uh, that, that's just too scary for me. <laughs> so, with net nets, right? So, I have around thirty or thirty-five net nets. If I can have more, I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, so that that's two approaches. And uh, to be concentrated, I guess you need to have a a more qualitative insight in, in the into the business. And to be, and if you don't. Uh, you don't don't want to or or can't or don't have the information uh, to know the business uh, like very in in depth. You, you should just diversify a lot, and uh, that's my that's I w- I would say I'm I'm towards diversifying more, but I don't yeah. have a hundred companies. Yeah. I know net investors that have around eighty or ninety. Uh, I have thirty five or forty. I guess that's. Well, Walter Schloss used to have like a hundred stocks at a time, like a hundred. Yeah, I I believe with time that could happen if, say, you end up um, like after you double, you can just sell half of your position and keep the rest. Uh, so if you do that for ten years with a lot of companies, you, you may end up having. You don't think that would hurt returns doing it that way? Because you know the statistic oh. is the longer you hold net nets this diversified portfolio, the the worse the returns get. I mean, so you don't want to be yeah. holding these businesses for you know three or five years. Yeah, you, well, you shouldn't unless unless there's something there that tells you that. Yeah. What what what, what is your sell strategy? Your your sorry your sorry you, your I your sell strategy. What do you how do you oh. look, when you sell a, a net net? What do you look for? Yeah, uh, selling, as everybody says, that selling is the hardest part. It's really fucking um, hard, yeah. Yeah, because uh, you you will always either miss on, on a subsequent uh, higher price or, mm-hmm. or, um, or, sell, or sell, maybe wait too long to sell. Yeah. So I, I would say Graham recommended owning for one or two years or 
50 or 100% gain, whichever happens first. And that makes sense because... What do, you, what do you mean 50 or 100% gain? If you have 100% gain, you're inevitably going to have a 50% gain. What do, you mean, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, let's say tomorrow one of... Well, uh, because these companies usually have very sudden spikes. Mm-hmm. So you could end up having 100%. Uh, I mean, a very in a very short time. Yeah. So it's if it's 100, just sell. But if it's 50, you, you can think about it and say, well... I could sell right now, right? And don't don't even try to wait for the hundred percent gain. Yeah. So that usually happens with netnets. They just have a huge spike, and then you just have to sell, and that's it. Has has that shown to produce better returns than say just holding for a year and then potentially capturing some of those net nets that go up like you know a thousand percent? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, Evan covers that in in his book uh, in some i know that's why i'm asking (laughs) but yeah but the thing is i i'm not very keen on 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 these back tests yeah right so i i know they i mean i know there's evidence of net net investing working with a equally weighted portfolio rebalanced once once a year and stuff but I'm not sure that being that such a such a mechanical approach to investing would just uh, work per se because um, the other like my other approach to investing or to value investing uh, uh, comes from actually from Nassim Taleb and uh, okay. Nassim, Nassim Taleb actually opened my eyes in a different way <laughs> well because when when he says well past returns and uh back tests and stuff like that they just they can give you a false idea of safety right sure because the only back test that people talk about are the ones that work of course yeah yeah and also because you will ignore uh what what happens on on the the tail risk which is where most of the worst returns could happen. And they're not accounted for in most of these back tests. So, yeah. uh, so then I know that, that netted investing works because you're actually buying a very cheap company, but not because it is a, not because of a back test, but because it is actually buying very cheap. Yeah. Um, and and I and that I would say that that goes to say that um, I believe value investing is just buying uh, something for less than it's worth, and net nets are just like a good place to start sure. to, to find uh, inefficiencies. But you can make money in the market in many ways. So this is just one of them. So you own a bunch of these. Let's let's go into like two or three. I'd be interested in in taking a little dive okay. into this world. So <laughs> tell us a few names that you're invested in and and the story behind it. Okay, uh, a, a little, I guess, a disclaimer here. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I I told you before that I don't like to discuss individual companies I own um, per se because there's 
but uh, there's a kind of a dilemma here because when you talk about a company, I'm not. For, own, I'm not forcing you to talk about any specific. No, no, one. no, 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 okay. no. I'm just. I'm just gonna let you know why sure. I do that. And uh, okay, so it's uh, when, when you talk about uh, any investments you you have, um, you may end up getting biased or more biased yeah. towards it. So you fall in love with your idea. Uh, the more you talk about it, the harder it is to accept later that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And especially with netnets, which are uh, if in a, on a diversified approach, you can't know for sure when of, which of them will work, right? Yeah. So, but on the other hand, um, well, I try to follow Nassim Taleb in, in this as well. He mean, he says you have to have skin in the game. So you you should only talk about the investments you you have and uh, and not about things you don't own. That's you know because if you're wrong, uh, you are. Did you did life. you read Skin in the Game? Yeah, great book. Anti Fragile and yeah. uh, Black Swan. Did I, I love Skin in the Game. That was my favorite actually. Yeah, mine too. And because it's actually a very uh, Skin in the Game has a lot of uh, tort law discussed. And uh, that's very interesting for me as a lawyer to to see that from that perspective. It's very interesting. Maybe in, maybe in another show we can talk about some of the principles from that book. As Great. a lawyer, it might I'll, be interesting. I'd love to. Yeah. Cool. I'd All right. Uh, so well, having so of course I'm gonna I would mention I guess a few companies, and well before that or maybe if you want to discuss that later, um, I have. I consider net a group of net nets to be a very uh, robust uh, strategy w- regarding, like, referring to Taleb's uh, um, definition of robustness, anti-fragility, mm-hmm. and yeah. fragility. I believe net nets as a group are a robust approach, but individually, some of them are anti-fragile, and I can maybe I'll, I'll talk about this when I discuss individual okay. investments. So. I have a few examples. One of them is um, a company called Trilogic. Um, it's a French company. I found it a year ago. I yeah, I'm going to just full disclosure. I actually own shares of that, and some of my clients own shares of that company. So just want to oh. make that disclosure, and this is not a buy or sell recommendation. Oh, and, okay. Great. And also, I think it's important with companies like this, um, mm-hmm. you or I could buy or sell these at any time without any notice so just because we're talking about them on the show doesn't mean that next week we're not going to sell yeah okay i just want to put right. that up, put that out there do your own due diligence some of these are very thinly traded and do, do not use market orders on anything yes. with that out of the without with that out of the way talk about this business well thank you for the yeah uh, the heads up that so uh trilogic it's a french company i found uh a year ago and the story behind that it's very interesting. It's uh, they basically sell tubular structures for a uh, few industries: aerospace, uh, 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 automobiles, and a few other industries. So it's a simple business. But uh, something like five years ago, um, the company started changed. See the CEO, or six years ago, I guess, and uh, the founder and, my, and the first uh, shareholder, the 
he was like he owns like 70 percent i guess of the company uh he he said okay he gave the ceo position to somebody else i guess he wanted to retire i don't know i, I don't know him i haven't talked to him but okay. so the 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 new ceo started to grow the company with debt and started new projects but they didn't work out but the interesting thing is that if some value funds i'm not going to mention their fun, their names but i remember some value funds the ones that the like moats started investing there <laughs> because they thought it was a growth or moat company yeah. but it was very disappointing growth didn't work um the projects were left the company with very high operating and uh, financial leverage and so the founder retook control of the company he uh, appointed as a c was appointed as ceo again and uh, he w he just said i have a plan to deleverage the company and just go back to go back to basics and that was 2018 but i guess the market was didn't believe that story anymore i even found a blog in a french blog about uh, uh stocks i don't know the name but yeah uh somebody said in in 2019 beginning of the years somebody wrote this company is isn't worth a dime in french i don't remember exactly and that's when i got very interested <laughs> because i said <laughs> everybody hates that uh so i read the annual uh, the financial statements and uh i said well it's selling for a little bit below net cash and uh it's obviously obviously below net current asset value it has uh it's been deleveraging for a year because it's, it had been deleveraging yep um sales are going down they've halved in the last four years uh but uh the owner has skin in the game so <laughs> i guess that could uh, either work or if it doesn't i'm i'm still buying below liquidation value so i guess it's a low probability of losing and if again it's could be interesting and so um i i bought last year then at the end of the of 20 19 it, it was working very good and then of course uh covid came and uh they had to close for two months um production uh so i said well let's see what happens the price came back to my cost uh, maybe uh and so i just waited i'm still waiting there mm -hmm. I, I could wait for uh, i one more year or something like that and i still believe that if it uh if it recovers a little bit it could be um uh i could have a nice gain uh but if it doesn't work i wouldn't lose that much yeah and uh actually they just uh published information the um the first half of 2020 was a bad half of year right they didn't have good sales but they have an order but they mentioned that because of covid uh and the crisis many competitors had had to touch to shut down so competition is now less 
and that's what that's one of the reasons these net nets can be individually considered can be anti-fragile they benefit yeah. they could benefit from disorder and from volatility because they have so low debt levels that in during a crisis they they are more capable capable of surviving than than companies sure. with high leverage uh, and most net nets are have very low financial debt because well if they have a positive uh, net current asset value that means they have current assets are higher than uh, total liabilities so yeah um, so well, that's trilogic uh, and of course as with all net nets it could it, it could be one of the of those that don't work sure if they work they will be a nice gain yeah and what are let's let's do two more uh well two more um but okay, i can take i can talk about one that i sold last month maybe yeah okay sure oh uh, two weeks ago maybe it was a company named ref holdings in in um hong kong stock exchange mm-hmm. i bought what, what is it called ref holdings okay ref holdings um also very uh, micro cap a small company it was selling for uh, i i bought maybe for 50 cents a share and it had around 70 or 60 cents per share of net cash or something like that okay. uh, I so you bought it below net cash yeah got yeah. it so uh, yep, they their business. They, it was a, it was a, founded in 2013 or 14 something. Uh, very large insider ownership. The founder owns like I don't know, 40 or 50 percent. Uh, uh, and they basically what they do is they sell um, the companies in this in the. Hong Kong Stock Exchange have to file with the authority their file they, their filings and their and their IPOs or after the IPO. Uh, so they just their service is to print the filings and translate them from uh, Chinese Mandarin to English and so forth. So it's a very simple business. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, so I bought below net cash, and right now, and they hadn't paid a dividend for since the IPO. But since the since COVID hit, uh, the business may be in trouble because uh, I guess Hong Kong Stock Exchange is thinking about, but it hasn't actually done it. Uh, they want to go. To make these filings digital, okay. no, they don't want to print. But that hasn't been done yet. So I don't know the reason, but the company decided to pay a special dividend, and uh, in a few weeks the the, the price just went uh, to to the to the pr- price of net cash. So I just sold there. Okay. Uh, so. It's this kind of thing that happens with net nets. You don't know 
where or how or when or why you will just have a spike. But just it does. You have and, a spike. Uh, and... So, we, yeah, you just. So I Ben and Graham so called uh, them uh, cigar butts. That's why. Yeah. The last puff. You call them that. That last puff you find on the street. That's disgusting. I mean, yeah. It's uh, whatever you want to call it, but it's still free. So. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess that would be. All right. And what's what, what's sense. one more that you currently that you currently own, that that's an interesting. Uh, I currently own uh, support support dot com. Also, for full disclosure, uh, I own that, and my clients some of my clients own that as well. Oh, okay. Not a buy and sell so, recommendation, and the exact same shit I said before. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> okay, same same here. Uh, I'm having a guest uh, yeah. on who's naming my entire portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> so, yeah, well, support was interesting too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, because, you know, in about uh, I, I think said, in three years, I've t- I've maybe talked about probably as many positions in the last twenty minutes as I've talked about in the last three years. So, congratulations. Wow. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I can do another one. No, no, no. Support.com is fine. <laughs> okay. So support.com, uh, I bought last year, uh, June maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, also below net cash, maybe half. half. Uh, it was really like cheap. 50. It was really cheap. Yeah. And uh, so, well, I, I – Studied the company. It's also a very simple business model, and uh, they, the, I, I believe the, the board had, they have skin in the game. I, I, I they own a large part of the company. Yeah. Uh, but there was some activism last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. with, uh, and so they ended up paying a special dividend in December, which was great. I mean, it was like. One one dollar a share, and I bought for one forty. So, just with the dividend, it was a good, nice gain. But after the dividend, it was very like deeply undervalued. After the dividend. I bought it so, right after the dividend. Okay, so well, I bought more after that, and yeah. uh, and with COVID, uh, it benefited because uh, because they are basically call center for support so people i guess needed more uh at home tech support uh uh-huh, yeah. tech support right and they also have a small uh like venture in the in a, another small business but um, that said i support is i still own i've, mm-hmm. I've been selling for the last three months but i still own uh some of that because i believe it has more future you, th- you uh, think the company is going to get sold eventually what i do don't you? know yeah i don't know that's that's as i said with net nets you don't know you never know you never know you just you're just in a position where good things that can happen that that's what walter, walter schlott said yes uh, i get i remember he said like uh, uh in an interview like uh the, the the and I quote it was something like the problem with my portfolio is with my companies is they're very troubled and they're 
they're ugly and they're but if you own 20 or 30 of them you're going to do very good because something good will happen eventually <laughs> and it's almost like even if something less bad happens you can make money yeah if something <laughs> you don't need it to be that fantastic yeah yeah <laughs> just less <even> bad <laughs> <laughs> actually i believe uh, it was uh well evan evan's right writes that he's he may be like net net investors are we are one of the few people that actually hope for the business to liquidate <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh it's so fucked up to say but it's true yeah <laughs> and, uh, well, so yeah i guess that's why they're yeah. robust in aggregate no it's very it's very interesting uh and, but also they 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 can i mean they, they can go to zero and then they can there'll be a few yeah have you had a net net go to zero before not yet but well, I've been doing this 15 years, and I have not had one go to zero. So there is hope. No, really? Yes. But 99% at least? <laughs> I've never had one go to zero. Um, no, I've never had one. I've had, I've had the worst that I've had is maybe, I don't want to put a number out there. I mean, I've had something go down, say, like, you know, 30 40 50%, but I've never had a zero. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I guess I guess you well actually anyway I don't want to talk about me but can anyway, I go back to what you were saying no no yeah uh, I was gonna say about that that um, uh, maybe he covers that in his book but Evan Evan mentions that uh, I mean buying net a net net is by definition a company selling below net current asset value and yeah but just buying below below that. Uh, value is not enough, right? Yeah. You have to actually. No, you know what? Hold on, I want to stand corrected. I have had a close to zero. I invested in the net at once. That was Chinese, and it was a fraud. So the okay. cash, the cash on the balance sheet wasn't real. If you can believe that one, they were faking their cash. I I, I can't believe that, and that's actually uh, we try to avoid uh, places. That's that why don't... I avoid China now. And yeah. you know, interestingly enough, statistically, if you exclude Chinese net nets, the returns go up, backtesting wise. Exclude. Which was interesting because yeah. I had always wondered, you know, is the market, because oh, obviously there's going to be some Chinese um, net nets that are going to be frauds, actually quite a lot of them. And my mm-hmm. question was, statistically, if you own a basket of Chinese net nets, does that, does that compensate for the risk that quite a few of them are going to go to zero? And the answer is no. It's actually, at least back testing wise, it's been markets have been pretty efficient. That um, if you just exclude all Chinese net nets as opposed to having a basket of Chinese net nets, you do better without the basket of Chinese net nets. Well, makes sense. Actually. Yeah. Well, well it was, that wasn't intuitive yeah. to me. I actually, I I would have thought the opposite. Actually, if I didn't know the data, okay. I would have thought the opposite. Because I okay, I find markets, I find markets tend to overreact to negative news, but in this case. So far, historically, it's been it's been efficient. Well, that's but but that's true. I mean, the the, the very few on the few companies that I've had reports of fraud yeah. have been related to Chinese um, subsidiaries. Let's say it's either a Chinese company or a Chinese subsidiary where you where you get these issues. Yeah, that's so. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, 
It was um, it was actually a really interesting situation. It was called um, China Media Express, and they mm-hmm. did an advertising on a well, according to the company, they did advertising on buses, and mm-hmm. you know, it was selling below net cash. The margins were significantly higher than all their competitors, and you know, you'd go on their website. They had a list of uh, all the companies that advertising for. One of them was Coca Cola, so. Mm-hmm. It was a little strange to me that this was trading so cheap, and I called Coca-Cola, and I spoke to someone in their marketing department, and, you know, they got, you know, it was, I don't know if it was the head of marketing, but she got in touch with some Chinese subsidiary. I don't remember the entire thing. This was years ago. And she goes, we've never heard of the company, but we definitely don't do business. And she said, but maybe it's one of our... Maybe it's one of the Chinese bottlers that is doing business with them or something like that. But it just seems sketchy. And mm-hmm. then there was all these um, Seeking Alpha articles that started coming out. And I, was, and I started talking to the author. And the author like goes out to China on a trip, happens while he's in China. is like, well, you know, I'll check out the headquarters of this place. And he goes in, and it's a bunch of these em- employees, and they're playing pool. And like, he's like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not doing anything. Oh. And that was that was the first warning sign. So I, I I sold before it went to zero, but I mean I lost a fuck ton of money on it. Wow. Yeah. If you can wow. go, if you Google China Media Express, you might be able to find some old Seeking Alpha articles. It's fascinating. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah, because I really like like Munger says, you know, tell me where I'm going to die so I I don't mm-hmm. go there. <laughs> I want to read about. That. Yeah. If you want to, another really interesting fraud. This is. This was also a net net that I invested mm-hmm. in. Um, and this was the other one where I lost money. No, no, I actually, no, I made money on this. But, I mean, I should have lost money because it, it was also a fraud. But I made money on this fraud by accident. Because uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, there must, no, I didn't lose money on that. It was called IBSG International. IBSG, where, where did it trade? It was in the United States. It was over the counter. Okay. okay. Uh, either NASDAQ or OTC. I don't remember. Um, and the, the CEO was like doctor, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he had conference calls and they owned a, they had a few businesses. One of them was contract. They had some contract with the South African government and it was trading in a discount to the, to the receivables. But every, every quarter the receivables would go up and free cash flow would be negative. And every conference call, the CEO said, oh, well, it's just the government's slow. You know, it takes time to collect the receivables, whatever. But they're going to pay. <laughs> they're going to pay. Right. Yeah. So just the, the net current asset value kept getting larger and larger, and the price was going nowhere. And this time I also did a little investigation. I called one of their clients, and mm-hmm. it was some software company. I believe it was a software company. Um. And they told me they never heard of the company. And then I sold immediately because I knew it was a fraud right there. So I wrote about it. I had a blog back then. I had a value investing blog years Mm -hmm. ago, like when I was in high school. So this was, I want to say this was 2006. So I guess I was a freshman in college doing this. Uh, It's either 05 or 06. And the also in Seeking Alpha, I believe, was it Seeking Alpha? No. I wrote a blog post. This is what happened. I wrote a blog post on it. You're not going to be able to find it because that blog's private now. But I wrote a blog post okay. on it, 
talking about my experience, the C- the secretary for the CEO found my blog and she emailed me and she goes, I just want to let you know, um, I think you're onto something because we have not been paid in several weeks and the CEO is missing. His kids are missing and we think he fled to Africa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And- and yeah. then, and so it turned out he fled the country. The thing was a wow. fraud. It, the company disappeared overnight. It went to zero overnight um, a few weeks later. And then, uh, years later, he started a new, he started a, I think a new company, which was also a fraud. And the mm-hmm. and he ended up going to j- him and his wife ended up going to jail. And the way they went to jail was, I think, what happened was they avoided court by saying that he had cancer, that his wife had cancer, but Mm -hmm. then turned out that he had, um, uh, forged the, uh, you know, the health, the health certificates. So there was no cancer. It was just to avoid court. So then they, they ended up going to jail for forgery as well for, for for forging legal documents. Yeah. It was a, it was a total mess. Yeah. Got to pay for it. Okay. So lots of interesting, weird stuff that goes on in this small space, which is where you got to be careful too. Yeah. That's, I was going to say that. I mean, uh, that's, that's why you have to, what you say, do your due diligence because, um, there's, I mean, you don't have too many friends in the financial (laughs) business. I mean, there's a lot of people trying to, to, Take advantage. Yeah. So, uh, and so, yeah, that's uh, that's a very that's a high risk. I mean, the fraud there, but there's also um, this, the risk of, of uh, obviously dealing with very illiquid, illiquid uh, stocks. Yeah, right? I mean, you're so, dealing with highly liquid companies. They're very small. I mean, gener- generally, I think the most common things you'll see are like you know weird, shady self dealing with family members or wives or a, like a a loan on the balance sheet mm-hmm. for ninety thousand dollars, you know, you know, weird, weird stuff like that. Yeah, so that's you have to do your yeah your homework, <laughs> or or just be very very diversified and call it a day. You know that yeah. you can do that too. So, and it seems like you yeah. do a mix of both. Yes, I do a mix of both, and I actually I I, I know someone who's who has a very diversified. Like he has he owns like eight eighty or ninety or okay. even a hundred. Yeah. And when I talk to him and I mention these uh, things and I say, well, I don't know, the CEO seems a little sketchy or maybe I don't know about these receivables. Yeah. And he says, what you're saying, he says, well, I, ha- I own a lot, a very diversified uh, basket because of that. And yeah. I don't want to know. I mean, if it's very, if he spots a fraud, well, he, he'll just don't invest. But yeah. There was one company I found, OTC. Uh, it was a few years ago, and they I, I called the company because I couldn't figure out what they do, and uh, I got in touch with the CEO. The guy sounded like he had dementia, like he had no idea what was going. He says he left me this voicemail <laughs> back. It was completely incoherent. I thought maybe there's a bad connection. I finally got a hold of him on his house phone, and um, it was not making any sense. And then he was like, "So, like, do you want to like, do you want to buy the company?" And the guy, I mean, the guy, I'm not making fun of someone with dementia. I mean, the guy was probably like in his 90s or 80. I mean, the guy was really old. And uh-huh. he's like, "Do you want to buy the company?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know what the company does. What do you, What do you guys do?" 
I couldn't find any information on it. And he goes, uh, well, we, we don't do anything right now. We're just looking to do something. And I'm like, okay, well, like, do you have like a bank account? And he's like, yeah. Like, well, what's like, what assets do you have? Like, do you have cash on the bank? Like, do, mm-hmm. do you, do you have like tax, you know, um, <laughs> like, you know, do you have NOLs? Like, I, like what's, what's the deal? He's like, yeah. oh no, we have nothing. We're just looking to do something. Do you want to do something with the company? I'm like, like, dude, really? <laughs> <Wow>. So weird. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's why this is so interesting. I mean, yeah. you find it's the so wild, the, it's the wild west. Yeah, it's the wild west. Yeah, it's the wild west of investing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's that's I, I find that very. Uh, like uh, amusing and yeah, uh, really, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a uh, like uh, it's a nice way to spend your your time. Yeah, I mean, for, for any of you who haven't dabbled in net nets, do this for a few years. You'll definitely uh, have some interesting, fun stories after a while. Yeah, I'll, and hopefully I'll, make some money we'll, along the way. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you know in a few years. I'll have more stories to tell. But sounds yeah. good. All right, man. Well, it was uh, it was good chatting with you. Uh, what are you up to the rest of the night? Well, I will go out with my wife and take mm-hmm. a uh, just walk around and yes. I don't know, go find something to do. Cool. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, it was good chatting with you, and um, sure. you know, come on anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you, you it, very man. much for having me here. Of Goodbye. Course. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So, in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.